All right, so I'm here with Wayne Strong, and I invited him here on the podcast to um, kind of share a little bit about some of the recent things that God's done in his life. Um, you know, he's had some some medical things that have happened, and um, anyway, he's, he's a really neat guy that I have grown to appreciate a lot um, here at the church, and just as a friend too. Um, but I wanted him to share with you guys um, some of the things that he's gone through most recently. So, Wayne, could you share a little bit about who you are and your background, where you come from, what you've been doing? Well, good morning, first of all. Hi, I'm Wayne, and uh, for the last 42 years, I've been one of the pastors here at Eastside Baptist Church, and I also teach at Guile Elementary School in Springfield, where I teach music and theater, and I've been there for 40 years. It's been a wonderful adventure that God has allowed me to have in my life. On March 3rd, which is a Friday, I went to lunch and I came back and started teaching my kindergartners. And about 20 after 12, I remember it really clearly, I just felt horrible. It was like, ah, oh, and my body instantly was like in pain and my energy level went way down. But made it through the day and got home, but I was exhausted and I told my wife, Carol, you know, I'm just going to go to bed. I went to bed and slept all night and I woke up in the morning and I felt even worse. So I called and the doctor got me in and he talked to me for about two minutes and he said, you need to go to the ER right now. You have internal bleeding and it's not good. You need to go now. Wow. So. He offered an ambulance for me, and uh, I said, well, it's only four blocks away. I think I can get there faster than the ambulance can get <laughs> Probably, there. Yeah. And so uh, my wife drove me over there, and they admitted me, and they put me in the hospital uh, for internal bleeding. They ended up doing another CAT scan, and they were able to locate an area of my stomach um, that was bleeding. So they decided to go in with endoscopy, and the doctor went in and she found two places right where my esophagus meets my stomach that were bleeding and she clipped them but um, she said there's something over farther but it looks just like a, a little thing but um, we're going to keep you here and watch that I, I couldn't get to it the next morning she was ready to to discharge me and send me home. The doctor that was over my case came in and said, eh, you're going to be released. And I said, but why? I'm still bleeding. He said, you're what? Yeah, I'm still bleeding. You are, oh, no, no, I can't send you home. <laughs> well, they continued to do more work and they did another CAT scan because they still, they fixed that, but you're still bleeding and my blood count was going down and down. Um, into the sevens and it was going down into the sixes and then I was told you know if this keeps going you're gonna uh, you're go you, you have a strong possibility here of dying right. um, because if you hemoglobin goes to five I was told that's where you die so they kept giving me blood and I ended up with 40 units of blood 40 or 30 units of plasma and four units of platelets, which is extreme through this whole process that took about three weeks of my care here. And I tell you that because 
it's amazing hand of God, a miracle that they were able to balance my chemistry, my blood system, and everything to keep me alive when you hear the rest of the story. Yeah, it's almost like a complete you know, fluid change at that point. Oh yeah, I'm a whole new person <laughs> inside, uh, many times. And thank you to all the people who give blood. Please go out and give blood. Please, you save people's lives. And I'm a testimony of that. There was a point here where my blood veins collapsed in my hands, in my arms, um, and they were not able to draw any blood. So they sent in a team of ultrasound specialists and they ended up turning me upside down and they found in my neck some uh, places they could go. So they had me upside down and they had their ultrasound uh, wands and they were going down my neck, my throat. They found some places to put the tubing into my neck. They went three inches down into it and then they sewed it into my neck. They sutured it all in. Well, that worked for a while and then that port failed. So they had to come back in in the middle of the night, pull that one out and do another one. So they turned me back upside down more. Um, what are those wands called again? The, the ultrasound. Ultrasound yeah. wands. Yeah. And two, two people trying to get, and they were able to find a place and they went back down in my, th uh. my neck, sewed it back in. Well, they, when, we, when I ended up going to OHSU, um, those other, that Newport failed and they had to go and they brought in their ultrasound person and he had to go on the other side of my neck and he had to go four inches down into my neck to find a place where the port would stay. He sewed that in, and that port held the rest of the time. Thank God, because wow. <laughs> it was quite an experience to uh, have those put in your neck. But thank God, down uh, upside down, <laughs> and I was thankful for those people because God gave them the wisdom and the ability to do that. And all of these people that helped me were amazing how God used them. So I just want to say thank you guys. Wow. So the next morning, I was doing well. I had a wonderful nurse that was looking out after me, and she happened to be in the room helping me get out of bed. And I was getting just to the bathroom, and... I began to black out, um, lost some of my vision. I could still hear and was still able to stand, but I caught myself on the doorpost. And she ran over to my side. She yelled for help, and she uh, and this other nurse got me back on the bed, and they instantly started prepping me to go back to the endoscopy room and called the specialist, and they did an emergency CT scan. They uh, found in that scan that um, all of these, uh, that a whole bunch of bleeds were going on in my stomach and 
they had been sort of capped, but they all broke loose all at once and caused major bleeding to start. And so they rushed me back into the endoscopy with that wonderful doctor. And just as they were going to put me under, he started praying with me. Um, what a wonderful adventure to have your uh, surgeon right there praying with you. Oh, yeah. And when he uh, got in there, he was able to find three pleases ulcers that were bleeding in my upper stomach and then one on the another side of my stomach so he fixed four places plus he um, carterized part two places in my upper stomach well I recovered from that and the next day they were watching me but my blood levels still were not going up I was still bleeding somewhere um, and so they were concerned they couldn't stop the bleeding and this doctor he was still praying he was seeking God for me I had wonderful nurses who came in and helped um, but they continued to give me blood and uh, calcium and phosphate or not phosphate potassium and all kinds of stuff to keep me alive it was decided by the endoscopy and the team of doctors that were working with me to try to get me into OHSU in Portland because they had different technology and they had teams of doctors who could take that technology and hopefully help me to figure out where I was bleeding where they couldn't deal with it at that hospital. Right. So it took three and a half, four days uh, to get accepted it actually took two and a half days to get accepted and I was supposed to fly there at midnight but something happened somewhere else and they canceled my um, ability to go there but then the Lord opened up another portal about 12 hours later so about 15 hours later they were flying me to OHSU this doctor that I had that did the endoscopy on me um, it was amazing because he had other surgeries lined up, but he would not leave my bedside until the medics from the helicopters came and took me. The minute they stepped in my room, he said, you're in their hands now. I was left all the surgery in case something happened because I was going to take you to surgery right. and do the stomach surgery. So. Thank God they flew me to OHSU. There was this team that came around me of at least 20 to 25 um, doctors and specialists. And of course, it's a teaching hospital, so they each had their um, practicum person with them, and they were all learning. And um, I was like this special case, and I had all these people constantly in. But they did more CAT scans, and with their CAT scans, they were able to see that I was still bleeding in several places in my stomach. And so they decided to, uh, after a few days of trying to get it to stop and keep working it through, um, they decided that they would try this 
um, procedure where they, um, this is a little more graphic folks, go up my groin, up through my arteries into my stomach and the artery that's on the top of my stomach, the veins that are attached to it below it were all bleeding. That's where I was bleeding that they couldn't stop it. Right. And they took um, ultrasounds. There were four technicians. I was awake through this whole thing, but I couldn't feel it. They had anesthetized my system to feel the pain. But I could see the monitors. I could see the ultrasound. There were four technicians working on me all at once, talking and uh, collaborating. It was wonderful to hear them talk. But as they went up, they said, oh, there's a place, there's a place, there's a place, there's a place. And they found all these places that were bleeding and they shot foam through my artery that expanded out of my artery and yeah. over those veins to seal them shut. Wow. It was an amazing technology. Um, and they were like, yeah, we got a butt. They got it done. And the problem is I was still bleeding. And I was still doing this. Uh, and by the way, my hemoglobin before I went to OHSU was down to 5.6 and um, wavered probably below and above that several times because they only did your blood count about every 12 hours. Otherwise, they keep depleting your <laughs> yeah, blood. They, they take away so, the thing they're testing for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, Back to the story, I was still bleeding, and I had this surgeon who um, was my, she was over my whole team, and she was like the boss of them. She was amazing, and I want to describe her to you because um, it's precious. Um, she was about five foot, maybe five foot two, and She's about 50 years old, 55, and she had long, uh, bleached blonde hair, all very stylish, and it was straight, all the way down to her, the mid-thigh. Um, she had on a red skirt and a blazer to match. She had on her doctor's lab coat white, and she had on a white silk blouse, pearls around her neck, and red stiletto heels that were at least six to seven inches. No. <laughs> and she was the nicest lady, and she was very concerned and very caring and came to see me one or two times a day to see what was going on, and she made sure I was taken care of. But um, I was still bleeding, and she was really concerned, and she would come in and she'd say, you know, your blood levels are still really low. They would stay in the sixes and they would fill me with blood because now they'd stopped all this bleeding except this one place. I had had a hiatal hernia repair right. back 20 years ago. And this was on the back side of that repair of the stitches of that old, the scar of the old surgery. And they couldn't get to it. And she said, the only way I can get to it is to do that surgery we don't want to do, and you're still too weak, and there's a strong possibility you would just die on the operating table. And, right. But we can't let you just keep bleeding, and you just can't live this way. So it was a Sunday morning. 
and she had decided that's what we were going to do. And so she had the surgical team waiting. Um, now I'm going to stop the story here and go back and tell you a story that um, is very precious to me. When I entered the hospital at Mackenzie Willamette on the 4th of March, I had such peace and comfort. And it was like God just kept saying, I've got this. No matter what happens, I'm sovereign. If you die, I've got it. If you live, I've got it. I had no fear of dying. I had zero animosity. And God told me to share with the people who came in my room, the doctors, the nurses, the technicians, whoever it was, to share with them a message of thank you for coming here and being God's hands and wisdom to help me be healed and get better. I appreciate you. And some of them would talk to me and then they'd, oh, I'll be praying for you or we'd pray right there. Right. And some of them would ignore me and wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> and that was obvious. But I didn't care how many times those same people came in to my room. I would say that to them every time. I wanted them to know how much I was praying for them and how much I appreciated them and how much God was using them because they needed to know how important they are. Well, I also have a family, a wife, and two adult children. And they took off work, and they were by my side and would be there. And, you know, when it's your dad or your husband that's in this peril, it's a little more concerning, uh, especially when the doctors are very clear about it. you could die at any time here. It's very touch and go. Yeah, they're in the room when they're explaining that too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they see you going through all of this. And yeah. Then all of a sudden you're going back to surgery and then all of a sudden your your levels drop again and yeah. then it goes back up. It's a roller coaster ride for them. Yeah. But God was able to let us have times of prayer and Bible study and just time to relax together and be with God together and cry together and laugh together and you know we didn't turn the TV on we didn't have our phones on or our computers we just let ourselves be with the Holy Spirit and God's Word and prayer and listening to God and God said so many things through His Word I want you to know, knowing God's Word, having it memorized, I mean, I don't have it all memorized, but I've memorized a lot of Scripture in my life, and I know what God's Word says because I study it. Yeah. And God would just say things to me in, in a moment to share with other people. It was so cool to see God's hand move with people and, and let Him bless what was happening through the circumstances. Well, now I want to go back to this surgeon at OSHU. Yeah, yeah. Because 
I told her that very same thing. Thank you for being the hands of God and the wisdom of God to help me get better. Or whatever happens, if I go to be with God, I'm happy with that, you know, because you're going to do this surgery that I could die and you're doing your best and it's in the hands of God, not your hands. <laughs> and, you know, so we're back to this Sunday morning. She's decided that we need to do this surgery. So we text the church and it's worship time, right? And people are praying and saying, oh God, he's going to please help this surgery, help him be alive. You know, they prayed for me and I appreciate that. Well, while they were praying, uh, the doctor before she decided to do the surgery had another blood draw done to see what the counts were so she knew what was going on with my blood. Well, the nurse came in and handed her a piece of paper and said, look at that, look at that. She was so excited. <laughs> and the doctor opened up the paper and it was my blood count had stayed level through the night, had it never done that. It always wow. dropped through the night. And then they'd give me more blood and it would go back up because right. more blood you would have more hemoglobin. Thicken it up, yeah. Well, the, the doctor the, who was going to operate, remember she had stiletto heels on, she saw that. She started jumping up and down. I bet she jumped six inches up off the ground saying, stop the surgery, stop the surgery. And then she went, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Raising her hands. It was so exciting. And she was like, we don't need the surgery. I want you to know God through the night had healed that place that was bleeding that they couldn't get to. He was showing them their his power, his might, his control, and he had ultimate authority where they couldn't do it. He did. And he was like, Da, da, da. In perfect orchestration. Sorry, I'm a music teacher, remember? <laughs> and he waved his baton and went boom. Not that God is a magical God in that way, but he touched it. He healed me. And they couldn't deny it. It was there in black and white. And in four days, I was home. Now, I wasn't as healthy as I was when I went into the hospital. Right, yeah. Uh, I had lots of weight loss. I think I lost at least 40-50% of my muscle mass. My left side is still having issues. I still have swollen legs and feet. And now it's been, what, two and a half months? I still haven't gone back to work. But I'm getting stronger every day, and God is blessing every day. And my counts have now gone up to uh, nine, which is really good. Uh, if you want to pray for me, my thyroid went wonky, and it's still going wonky. And that's what's keeping my thyroid from recovering like it should. But we're working through that. Yeah. I do have uh, that surgery that they needed to do because my stomach's all messed up now from all the things they did and from the hiatal surgery that I had years ago, they apparently, my stomach moved to the side and if I get older with it that way, the surgeon said I will have some issues. So she's willing to repair that for me. She has new technology and new ways of doing things. She said that 
my when I recover and I'm healthy, I will recover from the surgery in a week and a half or so, and I'll be fine. So we're looking at doing that surgery. Well, and this is the one up in OHSU. OHSU, yeah. but that'll be like much later in the year. Sure. I don't even see her till September 30th or 31st. So, yeah. Um, I do want to talk about one more thing. The power of prayer and the saints seeking God is so important. There was a point when my hemoglobin dropped to 5.6 and they were trying to figure out before I was being flown to OHU why I was bleeding, how come I was bleeding so much and they could only see parts of it and they couldn't stop it all that this church and people around the world got on their knees before God together and prayed and prayed and earnestly seeked the Lord, sought the Lord on my behalf. I want to thank those people. God hears the saints. Why God chose for me to go through this, I may never know His total will. But I do know it was His will. I do know He was sovereign over it. And He chose to heal me and let me live and to breathe this next breath, to praise Him, to honor Him, to serve Him, and to bring Him glory for it. And the people who were involved in prayer on my behalf, they are also giving glory to God for what He has done. He answered those prayers. There were literally thousands and thousands of people praying for me around the world because, folks, I have a network around the world of friends. And it was amazing to see God move. Every time there was a thing, an issue, a new thing, God dealt with it. And people were amazed to see the hand of God moving. And so I just want to close by saying thank you to the people who were so supportive. Uh, people were very generous, even giving financially to help us because it was really expensive staying up in Portland with for my family and food and coming back and having to have special things and yeah. do all this stuff that had to happen and then the bill is astronomical, folks. <laughs> it's amazing when you see all those zeros. <laughs> all those zeros. And thank God for insurance. Yep, yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a time of my life that also God has shared with me. You know, you've been going one direction. I've led you in this direction through your life to be a music teacher, to be a pastor. There's the things I want to do now in your life that may be different. It's time for a new chapter of your life. Yeah. And I'm giving you this not only as something to learn from, to love other people through, and to help other people in what they go through, but to be a blessing for the Lord, a blessing to other people, because I can serve Him differently from having gone through it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do in the future in my life. Um, he's already used it to share with neighbors, share with 
friends, share with colleagues at my school, uh, the blessings and the miracles of our great God and to glorify Him. I can't wait to see the effects of that when finally someday I am in heaven and God reveals the whole picture to us. All the stuff that we didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know about. And I'm going to go, wow, God, you Whoa, are amazing. God. Yeah. I know from from our perspective here, yeah, I mean, I was, we were, I was a part of the prayer night that Charlie put together and um, it was on a Tuesday, so I got a chance to take the teenagers, the huddle group, yes. and we, we kind of crashed their party. And it raised a lot of questions in their young minds around God's sovereignty, yeah. around the theology of prayer. Um, you know, that we don't serve a, a butler Jesus that oh, no. just does what we ask him to do when we ask him to do it. And there was a lot of great conversation around, you know, what if? What if God chooses not to do this? And, you know, what if he does? What are the implications either way? And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of what God did through your situation because it raised a lot of like genuine curiosity in their mind that we were able to to talk about and have conversation around and, and get some resolution around and for me personally my son I, I know I told you before but yes. you know when Caleb and I were praying that night we were praying hard for Mr. Wayne and and uh, you know I, I asked them I'm like hey so you know what happens if you know God chooses not to heal Wayne you know how are you going to feel about that and he said, he kind of throwed his brow and looked at me, and he said, well, I think it's going to be okay either way, because Mr. Wayne's going to go see Jesus. Yeah. So if, if God chooses not to heal him, he'll be happy. And if God chooses to heal him, he'll be happy, because he'll be back here with us. So it'll be fine either way. And it came from such a genuine perspective. And, um, you know, it just kind of it blew me away around the innocence of children. But he wouldn't have had that um, epiphany moment around yeah. his own core theology around God and his, his sovereignty had this not been a really personal thing for him. Yeah. You know, so I'm appreciative definitely there. Did I did have a question for you. Did yeah. did your perspective or did you get a, a more unique look around the sovereignty of God and, and how he chooses to deal with things on your level? Did that change or shift or grow in any way through this? Well being a pastor, I've dealt with lots of death in my life and lots of situations that were tragic. And being with people uh, and families going through this, realizing God's sovereignty in all of that. And when you're younger, you learn that sometimes the hard way because it's like, whoa, yeah. God, you didn't, but why? Or, why? you know, yeah. you have to seek it out. And you learn from scripture and you learn from life's experiences just what real God's sovereign, what God's sovereignty really is. Um, so when it's happening to you, I, I guess, not I guess, what happened was the scriptures came to my head. The reality of what was happening, the presence of God, the, it wasn't like, oh, God's touching me and I can feel his 
presence, there's a physical thing. That's not what I'm talking right. about. I'm talking about the mind and the spirit and the heart yeah. of I'm going through this and God is really right there giving wisdom and understanding and right. a sense of, I, I literally had a sense of peace and awe and joy. You have to realize there was, I mean, I wasn't like happy, oh yeah, I'm going to die. But I had comfort through it. I had really had no fear, no qualms. It was like, and then God said, I'm in control. And I understood that. I, uh, I knew that. And it was a very strong understanding. And having walked through it made it even stronger because I had to live it physically and emotionally and uh, spiritually. Um, so I guess there were times during it I was dealing with my job, I was dealing with the church, I was dealing with my family, I was dealing with my own needs, I was dealing with the people around me who were caring for me. Um, and so, you know, I can't say I didn't shed a tear or two, because there were people I was saying, I may not see you again, goodbye, the reality of that. Um, and then there were times, there were tears of joy, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, ups and downs. Yeah, I think it, it illustrates the difference between joy and happiness. You know, we get that confused in our culture so much. It's You're not happy to be there, but you can still experience that supernatural joy that yeah. surpasses corporeal happiness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I totally know that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and understand it because I lived it because God gave that to me you know if I didn't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior if I hadn't if I didn't have time of prayer time of being in his word I wouldn't have had those things because it's God who made that happen it's the Holy Spirit living within me that made that happen it's Jesus that salvation experience, the Holy Spirit guiding and uh, frankly being filled with the Spirit makes that happen. And that's something that we choose. Yeah, and that's, that's embodied faith. <laughs> you know, it's something you grow into over, over years and experience. And, well, Wayne, thank you. really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing about this. And um, I look forward to seeing you know, what people will say is they, they listen to it and, and gain from it too. So, so thank you. Well, I love to tell this story. <laughs> so if you see me out and about and you don't want to hear it, go the other way. But if you want to hear it, other thoughts, because there's a whole bunch more to the story, oh, yeah. I'd love to share it with you. Because oh, I want Jesus to be glorified. That's right. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, well, thank you, Wayne.